Perak Dalad Mishnah Zayim. However, the Neateva, the Yom Tov, Shal Rosh Hashanah, Hasheni Matkia. A person who goes to Daven as the Shliach Tzibor, as the Chazin, on Rosh Hashanah, he goes up to the Amud to Daven for the Amud. So we're referring to the Sheni, the second, uh, the second Shliach Tzibor, the second Chazin, because there's a Chazin for Shachers, and there's a Chazin for Musaf. So the second Shliach Tzibor, the second Chazin, who's Davening Musaf, Matkia. What does that mean? Is Matkia et Atakios al Seder Habrachos. He calls out the Takios in the order of the Brachos, right? And then they have a Baltokea who blows a shofar for the Kahal. Below Harishon, that's not the one that Davin's uh, Shachris. There is has the order of the Takios, rather the Chazin. For Musaf, he recites the order, and as he recites the order, there is a Baltokea that blows the shofar. And the Gemara explains that really Barishona in the beginning, you know, initially they would blow the shofar in the morning, right? Until a terrible, unfortunate event happened where the Romans heard the shofar blast and they thought that the Jews were waging war against them. And they stood up and they killed many, many Jews. It was an awful incident. And from then on, they made a takana that they would only blow the shofar by Musaf. Because once the enemy, if there be an enemy near, nearby, if they saw that they were blowing the shofar after already their first Shachas prayer and after reading the Torah, so they would understand that they're doing it for a mitzvah and not for war. And Mikanch in Tokum al Musaf, therefore we only blow the shofar by Musaf later in the day. And that which we say the Shani is Matkia, meaning even in those days, right, they had the Minog that the Chazan was not the one that also blew the shofar. Rather, the Chazan would tell the Baal you know, what brachos to, to what went to blow, and then the Baal would do the blowing. Because if the Chazan himself does the blowing, he'll get confused with his davening, his davening. He can't do both, right? So therefore, he would, he would just say the order, and then a second Baal would actually, um, do the blowing, like we do nowadays. Either the one davening for the, for the Ahmed from Musaf, or just, you know, the Gaba of the Shul will say the order, and then the Baal is the one that, Blows a shofar, not the actual chazan, so that the chazan does not get confused with his tefillah. And similarly, during the times of halal, this is referring to any other yamtiv, sukkis or pesach. So then, by halal harishon, the first shliach tzibur, the first chazan, will have shachas for the amud. He is makar as a halal. He calls out the halal before the kahal, and they respond after him haluka after his. You know, each um, uh, 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 psalm that he says, they respond, Hallelujah. This is coming from a Mishnah in Masech Sukkah, Paragimel Mishnah Yud, if you want to reference it, chapter 3, Mishnah 10 in Masech Sukkah. Uh, they will explain, according to the Rambam, the Minog of how the Hal was done in those days. And briefly, I can just jump to it. You know, nowadays we all say the whole Hal together. But in those days, they would either repeat, you know, each verse by verse, or they had different ways where they would say the whole verse and then they would respond hallelujah to go on the entire verse. So the different ways that they did it for the illiterate people that couldn't read, that some would say it on their behalf and they would respond hallelujah. So what we're saying is that when it comes to halal, it's not the Baal Musaf, the second chazan that says the halal and everyone responds in kind, but it's the first one that's davening shachas. He's the one that says it. And that's the contrast to Rosh Hashanah when you blow a shofar, that's the Baal Musaf, the second shliach tzibur, who says the order of the brachos and the batokeya would build a shofar accordingly. All right, that's Mishnah Zion. Mishnah Ches. Shofar shall Rosh Hashanah. A shofar on Rosh Hashanah 
A person is not permitted to leave the city boundaries on Rosh Hashanah, which normally is 2,000 amos from outside the city limits, in order to bring a chauffeur. You know, there's no chauffeur in Shul, he wants to bring it. He can't go that far. Or if he wants to go to a destination where they're blowing the chauffeur, he can't go that far. And the Gemara explains that blowing the chauffeur, yes, it's a mitzvah assay, it's a positive commandment, but resting on Yom Tev is a mitzvah assay and it's a loss assay. It's a positive commandment to rest, and it's a negative commandment if you don't rest. And therefore, if you have a positive commandment to blow the chauffeur, and a positive and a negative to keep the Yom Tev, the positive and the negative overrides the only positive. And therefore, if you can't get access to a chauffeur, you, don't, you do not desecrate Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Tif, to get access to that chauffeur. Similarly, if a pile of stones fell on a chauffeur, you cannot remove the stones on Rosh Hashanah to access a chauffeur, because removing the stones is mukta. We don't desecrate the Yom Tif, like we just said, to access the chauffeur. The chauffeur is on top of a tree. You can't go on top of the tree and climb it to get the chauffeur on Rosh Hashanah. Because we're afraid that if you start climbing on the tree, you may come to break a branch, and that's prohibited on Rosh Hashanah. If a person is ill, and he can't make it to shul to hear the, the chauffeur, maybe he'll want to go on the donkey, and the donkey will bring him. Nope, that's prohibited as well, because you can't ride an animal on Yom Tif Rosh Hashanah, lest you cut off a branch from a tree in order to guide the animal on its way. You cannot swim to get access to a chauffeur because the Chachamah made a gzera lest you go ahead and build a boat. And you cannot cut it if you have a chauffeur that has to be fixed, that has to be cut up to make it, you know, usable. You can't do that either on Rosh Hashanah. Whether the cutting is on a rabbinic level or it's on a Torah level, which is an, and it would incur a negative commandment. Either way, it doesn't matter, it's prohibited. And they explain over here that, whether it's something which is a rabbinic gezeira, you know, for example, you want to use a sickle. A sickle is not the normal way, you cut a chauffeur. So you're doing it, you're doing it with a shino, you're doing it with a change. Nevertheless, it's prohibited. All the more so if you want to use an actual knife, which is the normal way which is a negative commandment on a Torah level, is prohibited to do that on Rosh Hashanah because you cannot desecrate the Yom Tif, whether on a Torah level or an Arabic level, to use a chauffeur on Yom Tif. Aval, but, Ermatza, if he wants, leading the Tocha Mayim or Yayim, if he wants to put water or wine into the chauffeur to make the blowing clearer, Yitin, that he could do, because that's not really a real Tikkun, you're not really fixing it, and that's permitted. Ein Ma'akvin, Esatinokos, Nilatkoa, now, we don't um, withhold the children from blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. If they want to blow the shofar, as we say in Yiddish, gazun to hate, let them blow it. However, you should teach them how to do it, right? Meaning, not only do we not withhold the children from blowing the shofar themselves on, on Rosh Hashanah, rather, even for the older people, let's ask him to work with them to teach them how to blow the shofar. The Gemara explains even on Shabbos to be permitted. Even though normally on Shabbos we don't blow the shofar. And the Ran explains the Kavana here is when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. When Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, and so to its master from the Yerushalmi, Dafke, if it's Shabbos and Rosh Hashanah collide together, it's permitted to teach the children how to blow a shofar on, 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 on Shabbos when it collides with Rosh Hashanah, but on any other Shabbos. And I believe nowadays, when we don't blow the shofar at all on Shabbos, 
it would be totally prohibited. Okay? And Rashi explains that we're talking about children that have already reached the age of Chinuch, meaning you could educate them on the, on the mitzvahs. It's a dispute what the age is, but let's just say it's the age of nine, as an example. When they reach that age, you could teach them how to build a shofar, even on Hashanah and Shabbos, at least during the times of the base of Mikdash. Nowadays, I believe it would be prohibited. And um, let's see over here. Okay, that's that. And she's asking men the the older a gadol an adult can teach them as well on yamtiv how to build a shofar and whether it's the katat shigilachinach bein shkatat shlogilachinach right so shetkin asura el mishum shvus they bring down over here that it's permitted for an adult to be involved with the teaching of the child on yamtiv how to build a shofar whether the child has reached the age of chinach or whether he has not reached reached the age of chinach. Because the blowing of the shofar is only in only prohibited on a rabbinic level on Shabbos, and therefore that would be permitted. Okay, interesting. There's actually uh, a number of different opinions here of what kind of children we're talking about, whether the age of chinuch or not the age of chinuch. It's a whole bunch of shitas. So just to conclude and recap, let's make this clear. We're talking about over here, at least according to one opinion, that you could teach the children how to build a shofar as long as the children reach, reach the age of chinuch. For example, the age of nine, where they understand mitzvot, so you can be you can educate them, then you could teach them how to build a shofar. Even on Shabbos, right, um, you could teach them when it's, when it's Shabbos of Rosh Hashanah. And this is at least in the times of the base of Mikdash. Nowadays, it's questionable whether you can do that or not. I believe you can't. You can check with your local uh, halachic authority what the status would be. But let's recap uh, the halacha with this conclusion so we have clarity because there's a number of opinions over here. Okay. And then lastly, the Mishnah concludes, Vahamis Asik, the person, let's just say a person is teaching a child how to build a shofar, for example. So, Lo Yatza, don't think you fulfilled the mitzvah of the shofar with, you know, the child's blowing, or even an adult's blowing, for adults teaching an adult. Also, meaning whether it's children, whether it's adults, let's just say even in the case of adults, if a person is just practicing blowing the shofar, when he's done practicing, he can't think to himself, okay, I got my mitzvah. Because you were just practicing, you didn't have the intent to be motzi yourself, to fulfill the mitzvah yourself. And similarly, if a person's helping someone how to blow the shofar, the person helping him can't think afterwards, okay, now I got my shofar blast, I, I heard it from my student who's learning. No, it's not the way it works. Because both parties have to have the intent to be to fulfill the mitzvah if they're blowing the shofar for themselves, then for themselves, and not just for practice. And if a person's helping another person blow the shofar, then both people have to have the intent to fulfill the mitzvah. The one blowing has to have the intent that he's doing the mitzvah of blowing not just for practice, but an actual mitzvah, and not just for himself, but for the one who's helping him as well. And the one that's helping him has to have the intent to fulfill the mitzvah through the one that's blowing. So it takes two to tango, right? If a person's blowing the shofar himself, for practice, he only fulfills the mitzvah if he had the intent to do it as a mitzvah, not as practice. If a person is helping another person do the mitzvah of shofar, they both have to have the intent that, number one, it's for a mitzvah, not just for, not just for practice. Number two, that the one who's listening is fulfilling the mitzvah through the, through the blower. And the blower is going to have the intent to fulfill the mitzvah for himself and for the one who's listening from him. So we had touched upon this uh, point before. Now we're saying it again. And that concludes Mishnah Chas.